Welcome to the Business Administration Podcast. Dr. Leslie Suka. In this episode, I am going to discuss how to connect or follow up with someone who may not be returning your email. Sending an email and not receiving a response is a very common phenomenon. You may be reaching out to get an input on a project or an assignment, looking to connect with a colleague or friend, or maybe even wishing to get an introduction or any other various reason. The fact is, you'll send the email, and sometimes you'll receive an email back, maybe within your expected or requested time frame, or you may not receive a response at all. This can be extremely frustrating, and it's often when our cognitive or thinking biases start to get the best of us too. For example, we may jump to the conclusion that we're being ghosted or that we aren't worthy of a response because our recipient, we haven't heard back from them. We may also experience some emotions like frustration or even disappointment. However, A lack of response does not necessarily mean we are being ghosted or that we aren't valued. It's important to keep in perspective that for most of us, our lives are very busy. Often we are juggling multiple tasks with the hopes that we don't drop a ball somewhere. Unfortunately, Email is usually one of the first balls dropped, especially if you have uh, a ton of email and you may, it may be lumped in with some that you see as junk or spam. It may also be that the email that we have sent out went into their spam or their junk folder. Or Maybe the IT department has placed filters on the firewall and the email didn't even get to the recipient. And unless that recipient knew to expect the email, there's, and they go digging in their, their spam or junk folder or contacting IT, they're unlikely to see it. However, that's not the focus of our discussion. We're going to focus on the emails that do reach their inbox. It's important to note that approximately 47% of emails are open or deleted based on the email subject. Research supports that emails with shorter subject lines, usually with only four words, have the highest open rates. If you consider that we are living 
in a digital age and mobile world, I could see where this makes sense. For myself, when I am checking email on, on my mobile devices, whether it's my phone or my, my iPad, I quickly scan the subjects to see if it is something that needs my attention, especially the shorter ones are, are I consider to be appreciated. If it is, and it's something of interest, I'll, I'll open it. However, if it's a long subject or I really have no clue what that subject is, I, I'm going to save it till I'm back in the office and I'm not going to look at it on my off time. Now that I got you thinking about subjects of your emails, you want to take into consideration that it's not too generic when you're crafting your subject. You also want to be thoughtful of how that subject can be interpreted. As we all know, it is easy for others to interpret our message differently than we intended. I covered this in detail in episode 22 when I spoke about email compassion. So please check out that episode if you're interested in learning more. Now some potential email headings that may be of interest to you, or at least provide you an example of a good email subject. Action requested on project. And obviously project would be action requested on X, whatever that name might be. Another potential email heading or, or subject might be question on scheduling or it might be question on this week's schedule. Another snag your recipients might run into and might be preventing them from responding to you in a timely manner is the message or the body of your email. If the message is too long, I mean, like, like long, not clear and concise, or it might be even the tone might be off. And like I mentioned before, this, is, this can happen, especially in email, because you aren't able to see the facial expressions, the body behavior. You're not able to hear the tone of the individual's voice. So something innocent may come off as good to the sender, but the recipient might interpret it in a different way. And that might prevent them from responding. They might not even get to the bottom of your email to know what they need to do because they're so confused or it's so long that you have, you've lost them. There are some emails that I'll open and start reading and due to their length, unclear message, I mean, they're not concise, they're not clear, and maybe even the tone, 
I'll, I'll just close the email and move it to the bottom of my to-do list. Unfortunately, this often means that it'll stay at the bottom because it no longer has my immediate attention. And then after a while, it, it, it's overcome by events. So I'll either delete it or I will move it into a file accordingly. So this is, this is something that you wanna keep in mind when you're drafting your emails. Make sure to watch your tone, maybe even get someone else to, to read it for you before you send it off. I also recommend using the KISS method by keeping it simple. Don't try to you know, impress by adding more than what really is truly needed. You want, also want to have a clear objective. I mean, what is it that you are asking that individual to do that's receiving your email? Is there an action? Is it just for information? And you might also want to think about giving them a possible way out. And what I mean by this is something like a line that says, if there's someone else I should contact in regards to this matter, please let me know. It could be that they aren't even the, the person that you need to contact. And because of this, they hit the delete button. So giving them a way out, just something as simple as, hey, is there anyone else I should contact in regards to this matter, is likely to prompt a response to you. All right, lastly, let's say that you have constructed the perfect email. You have a short subject, a clear and concise email body, but there's still no response from the recipient. At this point, it's likely that they are probably just busy and haven't either read the email or responded to the email. And that happens. We all get busy. However, at this point, I like to use the rule of three. So maybe give it three days before sending a follow-up, if time allows. Also, don't follow up more than three times because then you seem aggressive and you become an irritant to that to that recipient. After three follow-ups, I recommend picking up the phone, walking to their office if that is something that you can do. Or, you know, maybe trying to do uh, Zoom as another option. Or if you have their their number, their mobile number, maybe send them a text. But find a different mode of communication to bridge that gap. Until the next time, be safe and be well.